0: Oma jñāna-timirandhasya jñānanjana salakaya cakśuran-militam yena tasmai Shri garve namaha Continuing the uh, description of Śrīla Prabhupāda's books, Śrīla Prabhupāda's making Bhagavatam's message available therefore did not mean mere simplification. It meant urgently addressing the reader to give up the world of illusion Hare Krishna, and, take to, and take to the eternal liberation of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupāda was making available to the average reader spiritual truth that had been hidden and unavailable even to austere practitioners of yoga and learned brahmanas proficient in Sanskrit. Old wine in new bottles, Prabhupada called that. The Vaishnava's arguments against impersonalists had been chalked out by Madhva Acharya and Ramanuja Acharya and later synthesized by Lord Chaitanya into the philosophy of Achintya, Achintya simultaneous oneness and difference. Yeah, actually, this. The arguments that Prabhupada gives against impersonalism, they're all classic arguments. It's not that Prabhupada made them up. The idea, idea for instance, is saying that, well, if you're all one, then... If one jiva gets liberation, then all jivas should get liberation. So this is a classic argument against... Mayavad, and all of the arguments Prabhupada gave, were. These eternal truths had to be presented in every age, but in the traditional debates between the Vaishnavas and the impersonalists, the authoritative basis had always been Vedic scripture. Modern society, however, was so degraded that a preacher could no longer appeal to the authority of Vedic scripture. No one would accept it. Srila Prabhupada's writings therefore dealt with such theories as the origin of life by chance, Darwinian evolution, and chemical evolution. And he defeated them all with strong logic, establishing that life comes from life, not from dead matter. There is another important point that Prabhupada was presenting Krishna conscious in a non-traditional ethos. So traditionally the discussion that the Acharyas would take up that was on the basis of Shastra. They would they would mostly they would discuss among people who had faith in Shastra. There were also others in traditional India who didn't have faith in Shastra, especially the Buddhists. But we find that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was travelling in South India, it was It was said that the the Buddhists, there were Buddhists who challenged him, but they were actually not fit for discussing with. They're not fit for discussing with because they don't have faith in Shastra. That's the prerequisite for discussing Bhagavad Tattva, knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That knowledge is to be found in the Vedas. (coughs) But Prabhupada, where he went, most people have never even heard of the Vedas. They never heard of Srimad Bhagavatam. They never heard of Krishna. So he had to... He presented the Shastra. He felt himself ready to come to the West when he had three volumes of Srimad Bhagavatam printed. So he printed... But at the same time, in his... Preaching, it was only those he was able to convince by logical argument that he could say, now you should accept Shastra. So it was a challenge that in so many ways Prabhupada had to preach in circumstances and undertaking challenges that no one before had dreamed of. So defeating the scientists. Prabhupada had dedicated one of his first books, Easy Journey to Other Planets, to to the scientists of the world, and had even adapted the Bhagavad-gita verses quoted in that book into scientific jargon of matter and antimatter. Deftly he used both shastra and logic to establish the Vedic conclusion. Prabhupada's writings also combated the false teachings of bogus yogis, gurus and so-called incarnations, who had appeared like a tidal wave of falsity in Kali-yoga, both in India and in the West. His writings criticized modern political institutions also, analyzing why monarchies fell. Why democracy was also failing and how dictatorship would increasingly harass the citizens. The government's policies of abusive taxation and their propaganda to bring people to the cities to work in the factories, abandoning simple agrarian life, were all discussed in light of the scriptures. One university scholar who used to be a Member of ISKCON wrote in a book that an an academic analysis of ISKCON and Prabhupada, he wrote very critically about Srila Prabhupada, his purports. There were two things that Prabhupada emphasized, which he said, well, the previous acharyas, they didn't emphasize this. Prabhupada put so much emphasis on the Uh, dangers of sexual attraction. Actually, there's plenty in Shastra about that. Anyone who knows, who's taken the trouble to learn a few shlokas can immediately tell a few shlokas from Shastra speaking about the, how sex is the binding force in material life. But Prabhupada, he emphasized this even more. So he would this. And also, the other point was that how Prabhupada was stressing so much that one has to surrender to Guru to get spiritual knowledge, which others didn't stress so much. It's there, of course, in Shastra, but Prabhupada stressed it more. So this person was very critical. Why was he stressing? Did he have some. He had some kind of phobia about sex, or he was trying to promote himself as a guru. This is, of course, a mundane and offensive outlook. Prabhupada stressed so much the, the dangers of sex life in his books and his preaching because in the modern age it was rampant. It was and is even more so now. Whereas in traditional society in which Shastra was preached, there were controls for sex. It was control. And even we have in Shastra stories just like how the rishis fell down with the uh, Vishwamitra, with Menaka and quite a lot others. But we have to understand that they, these incidents are narrated because that wasn't normal. That's to show the exception to show how the the power of sexual attraction and therefore the need to control it by Prabhupada says that the shyness of a woman is the safety valve that stops or helps to control illicit sex that's he sometimes quoted from chanakya pandit what is that that Laja Nari Bhushanam, something like that. And in the modern age, however, it's the way Prabhupada went to, the emphasis was on free sex, that there should be no control. Everyone should just have sex as much as they like and there's no need of marriage. As Prabhupada pointed out, this is animal society. So you can't have higher consciousness. Prabhupada was bringing higher consciousness, the highest consciousness, Krishna consciousness. One cannot cultivate higher consciousness if one is cultivating lower consciousness, which indulgence in sex or fascination with sex, that brings the consciousness down. And in India now it's also come, which was not imaginable even 20 years ago. How boys and girls are mixing up freely and the way that dressing, the girls, just see, advertising, I am available, I am a prostitute, practically speaking, making themselves freely available. So it was a different atmosphere. So Prabhupada was emphasizing that this tamodvaram yoshitam Yoshi Sangam attraction to woman is the gate to hell. Not that women are hated, but uh, to be overly attracted to them is, it, it spoils the intelligence. So Prabhupada, he emphasized this so much in his books. It's something that Satsarov Maharaj hasn't mentioned here. Of course, he's just giving a summary. So, in his travels, Srila Prabhupada had observed the rampant degradation of human society sexual liberation. Well, he did say it. The latest fads in intoxication and the vicious crimes of animal slaughter and meat-eating. A Bhagavad-gita purport specifically dealt with the threat of nuclear holocaust, Prabhupada writes. Such people are considered the enemies of the world because ultimately they will invent or create something which will bring destruction to all. Indirectly, this verse anticipates the invention of nuclear weapons, of which the world is today very proud. At any moment, war may take place and these atomic weapons may create havoc. Such things are created solely for the destruction of the world. And this is indicated here. Due to godlessness, such weapons are invented in human society. They are not meant for the peace and prosperity of the world. Mm -hmm. Prabhupada is very critical about almost everything that we are proud of. India is very proud, we have a nuclear weapon, we have nuclear bombs, but Prabhupada said these are created due to godlessness. Prabhupada's criticisms were strong and authoritative, befitting a true acharya. His uncompromising spirit was appealing. He was not a timid scholar pointing out some obscure historical references. Yet, underlying his writing, a humble tone of request spoke to the heart. As the servant of the servant of Krishna, he asked everyone to please take up Krishna consciousness and be restored to his original constitutional position of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. Prabhupāda was making his books practical, but to do so required care and deep meditation. He combined the thoughtfulness of a textual scholar with the practical applications of a transcendental social and political reformer. So many scholars had already presented their English editions of Bhagavad-gītā, yet not a single reader had become a devotee of Krishna. Prabhupāda's Bhagavad-gītā as it is, however, was creating thousands of devotees. That's an important point, isn't it? So many editions of Bhagavad-gītā were there before Prabhupāda brought out his edition. And the whole Bhagavad-gītā is to bring us to the point of becoming devotees of Krishna. But in all the other editions, not one, from all those editions, not one single person had become a devotee of Krishna. But from Prabhupada's edition, thousands of people became devotees. So that's an important point we can use when we're distributing Prabhupada's Gita. And people say, well, I already have Bhagavad Gita. This is Bhagavad Gita as it is. And this is the proof that by reading this edition of Gita, so many people became devotees, whereas so many other editions, no one ever becomes a devotee. They'll even tell you not to become a devotee. It, as Dr. Radha Krishnan writes, it is not to the person Krishna that one has to is not the person Krishna always one has to think of, but to the unborn eternal within Krishna. Prabhupada criticized this very strongly. In some Bengali writings of his before he came to the West, which is translated and published now in that one book that they called it Knowledge Through Renunciation. They titled it in English. More than simply rendering valuable Vedic literature, Srila Prabhupada had come to the West starting in New York City to establish a way of life based on that Vedic literature. Consequently, he had gained first-hand experience in bringing the most materialistic persons to the standard of renunciation and devotional service. His books therefore reflected these practical realizations. And many times in his purports he would relate his difficulties and triumphs in trying to introduce spiritual principles. Within materialistic society. In the sixth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, he had presented the story of Daksha's cursing Narad Muni after Narad had instructed Daksha's sons in pure Krishna consciousness. The jealous father, considering Narad his enemy, had cursed him to be always travelling without any home. In his commentary, Srila Prabhupada had written, that he had also been cursed by the parents of his disciples. Therefore, despite his having many centers around the world, he had to constantly travel and preach. And in the seventh canton, while commenting on the demon Hiranyakashipu's harassment of his son Prahalad, Śrīla Prabhupāda had related the difficulties of the ISKCON devotees in distributing books amid the harassment of Hiranyakashipu's modern counterparts. Thus Prabhupāda was imbuing his literature with the thoughtfulness of his own personality, that of a pure devotee faithfully dedicating his body, mind and words in service to the Bhagavata. As the word Bhagavata refers not only to narrations about the Supreme Lord, but also to the Lord's devotees, Śrīla Prabhupāda was himself Bhagavata, and through his books, one could gain the inspiration of service to both the book and the person Bhagavata. After two weeks in Hawaii, Srila Prabhupada was well into the eighth canto, averaging up to 300 digits daily. His health improved also, although his sleeping remained minimal. Of course, Prabhupada said reflectively, it is very good from the spiritual point of view if you don't sleep much. When news came of a temple president having difficulty with his GBC authority, Srila Prabhupada saw it as another example of how his writing work, his most important preaching, could be hampered by disruptions. He therefore composed a letter addressed to all the governing body commissioners. My dear GBC disciples, please accept my blessings. Over the past ten years I have given the framework and now we have become more than the British Empire. Prabhupada said, "ISKCON has become more than the British Empire because there used to be a saying that the sun never sets on the British Empire because the British Empire is spread all over the world. So if it's if the sun is set in India, it may still be shining in British Guyana, in South America, something like that. Prabhupada joked when he came to England because England's famous for being very cloudy and rainy. He said, "I heard that the sun never sets in the British Empire, but it never rises in in Britain." So he said, we're more than the British Empire. We're established in more countries than the British Empire was. Even the British Empire was not as expansive as we. They had only a portion of the world and we have not completed expanding. We must expand more and more unlimitedly. But I must now remind you that I have to complete the translation of the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the greatest contribution. Our books have given us a respectable position. People have no faith in this church or temple worship. Those days are gone. Of course, we have to maintain the temples as it is necessary to keep our spirits high. Simply intellectualism will not do. There must be practical purification. So I request you to relieve me of management responsibilities more and more so that I can complete the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam translation. If I, am always ha- if, I am, if I am always having to manage, then I cannot do my work on the books. It is a document. I have to choose each word very soberly. And if I have to think of management, then I cannot do this. I cannot be like these rascals who present something mental concoction to cheat the public. So this task will not be finished without the cooperation of my appointed assistants, the GBC, temple presidents and sannyasis. I have chosen my best men to be GBC and I do not want that the GBC should be disrespectful to the temple presidents. You can naturally consult me, but if the basic principle is weak, how will things go on? So please assist me in the management so that I can be free to finish the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, which will be our lasting contribution to the world. So that Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam set is finished now. And there is very good scope for distributing Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, especially here in India. Yesterday one set was, it seems from the announcement, it was sold right from the Book table here. So there's scope in all the lag- In Marathi, they're lagging behind. They only have four cantos of Bhagavatam. It's the best language for book distribution. But we have, of course, in many people can read in English. Gujarati set is there, Hindi set is there. So that will certainly please Prabhupada very much if we distribute sets. Of his Bhagavatam. Many people have Bhagavad Gita as it is. We should go on distributing them. But this Bhagavatam, especially in Bombay, people have money, so they can buy. So, Raja Hari Prabhu, you're a book distribution veteran. Now you're in a position to, you could maybe promote that more. In Bangalore, there's some devotees, they're going door-to-door doing book distribution, and so many times they find people, they have Bhagavad-gita, they have signs of self-realization, and they're interested, and they just go in and sell them a Bhagavatam set, just door-to-door. They do about seven or eight sets a week like that. So there's good scope. If we if we can distribute more and more Bhagavatam sets, then definitely that will be very pleasing to Srila Prabhupada. They don't have it? A... Oh, Okay, get on there, case. Of course, it needs a lot of revision, but we can't wait for it to be revised. It should be printed and distributed. Nevertheless, Prabhupada said we should rack our brains to think of ways to distribute the books. Buses. The buses have gone to so many places where our temple... We don't. We can't have temples everywhere yet. We're not ready for that. But the buses have gone to so many places... Sometimes you go to some town and they say, where's your bus? You didn't send your bus for the last three years. What's wrong? They're they're, they're upset. I already read all the books here. I want some more books. Send your bus. So you have to send out more buses. This Iskon Juhu was the, used to be one big bus stop, one for the Sankitan parties. I came here first in 1977, must have been October. And I'd been here less than 24 hours. when I I came for the first time, i just come from, I was in Delhi. I came down to Bombay, they put me on a train, got stuck for 14 hours in Gujarat, some derailment. I arrived in Juhu and they said, oh, we need someone to go out on the Sankitan party. I was out. I stayed one night and shh, I was out again. It was actually a BBT library party. Traveling in Maharashtra. Those were the days in Maharashtra when everyone, all the men in the rural area, they all had dhoti's and all these Nehru tupi's. And those days are gone. <laughs> but that at the same time, we didn't have any Marathi books at that time. Now we have. We distributed so many Bhagavad Gita is in Marathi, it's just amazing. Still, it's going on. In Bangalore, also, our devotees are telling, they're going door to door distributing, and people say, I already have Bhagavad Gita. And they say, Take another one. Okay. Bhagavad Gita is so popular. People are, Hindus have a feeling for Bhagavad Gita. So, by getting Prabhupada's Gita, they're getting the right idea. Otherwise, this uh, Lokmanya Tilak, his Gita was in what, Marathi or Hindi? Probably in Hindi. Probably more popular here in Maharashtra. So many wrong ideas. Prabhupada's books—they give, apart from saving the world, they're also saving Hinduism from all its very wrong ideas. While maintaining his excellent progress on Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, Prabhupāda also got the opportunity in Hawaii to begin another book. His longtime disciple and editor, Hayakriva, wrote, asking to assist Śrīla Prabhupāda in a series of interview commentaries on the Western philosophers. This was the same project Prabhupāda had begun with his former secretary, Shama Sundar. But when Shama Sundar had abandoned his duties in Iskon, he had also misplaced the tapes and transcripts of the considerable work they had done together. Hayagriva proposed to start again, beginning with Socrates and Plato. The process would be that Hayagriva would present before Prabhupada a summary of a particular Western thinker's philosophy. Prabhupada would then respond extemporaneously, giving appreciation and criticism of the philosopher according to the Vedic viewpoint. Prabhupada and his disciples had been enthusiastic about the interviews done in former years. And Prabhupada had even titled the series Dialectical Spiritualism. But when Sharma had misplaced the tapes, the project had dissipated. Now Haya Grieva, the former English professor and original editor for Back to Godhead in America, asked to be allowed to come to Hawaii for reviving the philosophy book and for spending time with Prabhupada. Like various other disciples, Hayagriva had given up, strictly following the regulated principles. Śrīla Prabhupāda had come to tolerate the reality that some disciples, even after taking vows of initiation, would be unable to resist the strong pull of the senses, and would give up the path of active devotional service in his In the early days he and his followers had reacted with great shock whenever her devotee had gone away. But with time, as the unfortunate event had continued to occur, sometimes even striking down leading trusted disciples, Prabhupada had grown to live with it. But he had never stopped feeling bereaved over a lost son or daughter, especially if that disciple had rendered him significant service. And he never withheld his affection from them, or his open, loving invitation for them to return. Such a case was Hayagriva, a dear son who had come to Srila Prabhupada during the summer of 1966 in New York. He had given valuable service, but eventually had been unable to follow the simple but strict principles of Krishna consciousness. Oh, had he was unable? I don't know. He chose not to follow them, is more like it. It's to say someone says, I'm not able to follow the principles. What is that? It's no no one's forcing you to break the principles. It's your own choice. We're all responsible. Like, oh, I, I was forced to fall them. No one's forcing you to fall them. It's a misuse of our independence. Now, after suffering the vicissitudes of material life, everyone understands that word, vicissitudes? Probably not. It means the, the difficulties, you could say. After suffering the vicissitudes of material life, he had gathered his resolve to come back to his beloved spiritual master. Yeah. But I would say if he really loved him, he wouldn't leave him in the first place. So, Don't mind, but it seems to me a little more like sentimentalism than Siddhanta, this particular comment. Hayagriva entered Prabhupāda's room. It's your old Hayagriva, Prabhupāda, he said. And he fell to the floor sobbing. Prabhupāda gave him a garland and asked him how he and his family were doing. Then in the presence of the other devotees, Prabhupāda related how Haya-griva had been sent by Krishna to help him spread the Krishna consciousness movement all over the world. When haya Griva said that he had forgot, never forgotten Prabhupāda even for a day, Prabhupāda replied, And I also never forgot you. I was thinking, has Haya-griva gone away? I was thinking like that. Prabhupāda's voice broke, his eyes filled with tears and he could not speak. Finally he asked everyone to leave the room. Prabhupāda and Hayagriva began meeting daily, sometimes for as long as two or three hours. Dialectic spiritualism was again underway, moving side by side with the eighth canto of Srimad Bhagavata, and Hayagriva was again in his original position. At Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. Jai, Hare Krishna. Anyone like to make any comment or question? Give a Dialectic Spiritualism? Uh, yeah, it's released now. Um, What's the title? they gave a different title to it. It's probably there on the bookstore. The uh I can't remember they gave a new title and the original book was very thick. But they made a smaller they made a smaller version, but I any of the book table ladies they can tell what's the name? I, but it is released with, with a few, not all of the not all of the uh interviews are there. But I just now can't remember the names, the name of the book. What I was told is that there was somewhat of a problem with the the book in as much as the devotees presenting the philosophies, they actually presented them wrongly in many cases. They didn't really know the philosophy, they just... They got some summaries and they presented that, but they didn't really know very well. Or they so there was some problem like that apparently. But that book is available in abridged form. It's a regular It's probably right there on the bookstore. But I just can't remember the name. I didn't I didn't read it in the new edition. I read the old one that was published by New Vrindava. Big edition here. Yeah. It was published because the BBT didn't want to publish it because because of that difficulty. But then uh, New Vrindavan went ahead and published it separately. But it it's not it wasn't very suitable for distribution actually. well that's not a, that's not a reason for not distributing maybe that's a good reason to distribute it. but, but the thing is if you if they present the wrong filler philo- the devotees gave the wrong philosophy and then Prabhupada, it, it, then it, it becomes less meaningful yeah give them my yeah that was for the past. Well, that idea came up when Prabhupada was present, that in future we'll stop book distribution. And Prabhupada wrote a letter back, who is that rascal who said that we shall stop the book distribution? He said, rather it will increase more and more. There are so many rascal things that they say, well, Prabhupada said that then, but now it's now, so we have to do differently now. And then you... And by saying that, they just undermine the whole value of everything that Prabhupāda said. They say, well, Prabhupāda said that then and now it's now, so we just change everything. But it's rascal, don't you? Some of Prabhupāda's instructions that in future we'll stop book distribution. And Prabhupāda wrote a letter back, who is that rascal who said that we shall stop the book distribution? He said, rather it will increase more and more. There are so many rascal things that they say, well, Prabhupāda said that then, but now it's now, so we have to do differently now. And then you, and by saying that, they just undermine the whole value of everything that Prabhupāda said. They say, well, Prabhupāda said that then, and now it's now, so we just change everything. But it's rascal, don't they? Some of Prabhupāda's instructions may be according to a certain place or time or circumstance, but… That requires some intelligence to know what is what. Anyway, it's inevitable. After every great religious leader comes, people come and they distort his teachings and they say, we're just like they say, we're followers of Jesus. And they eat meat and they drink wine, which Jesus never taught. So, they like to have the idea that Prabhupada is blessing us and then you just do whatever nonsense you like. So that's... That's not bona fide. There's a funny thing, about two or three years ago, they had a meeting of leaders in America. This is what I was told, ISKCON leaders, how we can revive Krishna consciousness in America. And the first proposal they came up with was we should stop book distribution. That's the first thing they said. That's the main thing. If they do that, then everything else would follow. But that was their proposal. We shall stop book distribution. And then the the temple president of the one temple in America, where they're still pushing it all these years, and it's maybe the only temple in America which is full of life, then he left the meeting. (laughs) That's all. Where there's book distribution, there's life. Where there's no book distribution, just like Prabhupada is quoting here simply intellectualism will not do. There must be practical purification. I mean, apart from the fact that the public get benefited, we also get purified. We don't, we don't get the mercy of Prabhupada unless we keep his instructions in the center. So that's there's no doubt about it. Prabhupada said, there is no more direct way of preaching than distributing my books. So if anyone says that, You offer your obeisances, and I wouldn't recommend fighting because you don't know that much yourself, you're a new man. You just offer your obeisances and go and find better association. Whoever said that isn't a follower of Prabhupada. They can say Jai Prabhupada as much as they like, but they're they're enemies of Prabhupada because they're working against his mission. What's the idea behind that? That people don't need Prabhupada's books anymore? We shouldn't distribute books? About what? what? Boiling the milk. Boiling the milk. We never said to stop distributing books. In fact, all the mass distribution came up long after Prabhupada's boiling the milk instruction came about 1971 or 72. And the mass distribution started about 1974. It's just an excuse for people to be lazy. Boiling the milk means they'll sit and sleep in the name of doing bhajan. <laughs> Prabhupada said, we don't want Babaji class. He said, we don't want Babaji class. And people think, oh, well, well, we'll take to bhakti and we'll... be." We'll sit and we'll have big tilak and big beads and we'll sit with we'll have big japa beads like this and we'll sit and we'll chant sixty four rounds and the prophet said we don't want babaji class. There are different traditionally there have been different kinds of devotees. Some are big pundits and they discuss shastra a lot and then others are they do, they chant a lot of rounds and they do a lot of parikramas Some do a lot of service. Prabhupada, he liked those who are absorbed in service. He gave his choicest blessings to Jayananda Prabhu. He was doing a lot of service. He wasn't a big scholar, but he just did a lot of service. When Prabhupada gave Jayananda Gayatri mantra, Jayananda was trying to repeat after him. Prabhupada just started laughing because he couldn't pronounce it at all. But when Jayananda left, Prabhupada said that his disappearance day should be celebrated each year, just like the other great Vaishnavas, Prabhupada said. So Prabhupada appreciated that. So you can sit and do bhajan and make sure you have a nice soft bed. Hare Krishna. Is there something else? Someone else had their hand up? No.